the Mental Cast, powered by Soul Performance Academy, with your host, Dan Mickler, with music by bensound.com. Hello and welcome to the Mental Cast, brought to you by Soul Performance Academy. I'm your host, Dan Mickle, and I'm glad you are back to join us or joining us for the first time. Just a reminder, you can find us on the web at thementalcast.com or check out Soul Performance Academy at 717soul.com. And of course, we're on all the social medias. Give us a search at 717soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget, you can send in your questions and hopefully we'll answer them on an episode with the hashtag Ask717Soul. And you can do that across any of our social media platforms and we'll grab it and compile it and see if we can help you out a little bit and answer some of your questions. I am ecstatic that you're joining us today. We are talking about probably my favorite topic on the entire planet which is journaling. I love to journal. I love everything about journaling. The benefits of journaling um, are astounding when you sit back and look at it. And I think it's probably one of the most underrated aspects of mental training used today, especially in the youth and amateur Uh, sporting world and I think it's very underutilized in the business world so when we go through this journey today I'm going to try and bounce back and forth a little bit between my coaching hat and my business world hat and try to give you examples of how I would use journaling in both of these and again if you have any questions shoot us a message on social media or you can also email us info at 717soul.com and we can get back to you right away. So let's dive right into it here with journaling. What is journaling? Journaling is really just a timeline of your life, whether it's your full life, everything that you do. Some people journal literally everything they do. Picked up the kids, this is what I ate, this is where I went, this was my meetings, this was my workout. Some people just journal aspects of their lives, Uh, sports athletes tend to journal just maybe practices or reflections on games, and even that gets broken down. Some athletes just journal about games. Some athletes just journal about practice. So we'll get into a little bit the, the, the thoughts and my thoughts on all that a little bit later. The other part of journaling is why journal? Why would you even take the time? It seems like maybe that's a waste of time, especially everyone's on the go nowadays and time is precious or time is money as the old cliche goes. But what are some of the benefits and why would I want to journal? And lastly is when do I journal? And this goes a little bit more towards, you know, am I journaling just practices or games or every morning or every night? And we'll look at, you know, my practices and I'll tell you kind of how I do it and how I do it with my teams and how I do it with my business clients and some other ways. But where do we really start with journaling? And for me, again, this is this is like my aha moment. This was what I really gravitated towards and and really changed around a lot of things in my life. I, I felt like. I had a lot of free time or I just wasn't using my time correctly and journaling really helped that out. I really got to see what my daily life was both as a coach and in the business world and how I could adjust things, become more productive, more effective, even, you know, a better parent, a better husband, 
there's just all these times and gaps. And also there were some traits that I were doing that I didn't realize that I was doing. But when I went back and read my journals, I realized like, oh man, every Tuesday, this is what's happening. Or I do this every Wednesday. Wow, I need to change that up. And again, we'll get into that when I get into some of the stories of some of the players that have authorized me. I want to make that clear. I checked with them before I talk about their stories, even though I won't use any names, um, that they were, you know, let me go ahead and share some of their stories with them. But for me, it all started with reading the book by Dr. Richard Kent called Writing on the Bus. And in the book, Dr. Kent explores the time uh, that that athletes are on the bus to and from competitions or practice could be a great time for reflection. So when he wrote this book for the National Writing Project in 2011, he really wanted to focus on what would be the best way to engage athletes to write and to journal about their experiences and what would be the benefits. And he talks about his own experiences about how he was really going to quit in sports and he just felt like he wasn't really good, that he was never really prepared. And what he realized after he wrote this book was it wasn't so much that he wasn't prepared, he just wasn't doing it correctly. Or he didn't notice the things that he could have changed pretty easily in his athletic career because he had no log of it. He had no way of knowing about it. So I would suggest if you're serious about journaling and especially if you're a coach and you're thinking about journaling for your team, check out the book. Again, it's Writing on the Bus by Dr. Richard Kent. And he also has a website called writingathletes.com that has a lot of resources on it. And I'll recap all the resources at the end of the podcast that we're going to use or go over or talk about today. But his book is a great starting point on the philosophies of journaling and how to journal and some great examples of journaling at different points in the season, whether it's preseason or playoff season or you know what level it is. And they also give some great examples of some of his former clients journaling. So you can kind of look at real time and real life what some journals look like. Because I know a lot of people that are new to this concept don't know what a journal is actually going to look like. Does it look like a diary or does it look like a travel log or a mileage log or, you know, how's it work? And we'll get into that when we talk a little bit in the next part about the components of journaling and, and how you're going to set it up and some thoughts on that. So we jump right into what are some of the components of journaling. And these are some of the things that you are going to have to think about, whether you're a coach at any level, whether it's college or professional or the U12 field hockey coach, or you're an executive, a CEO or a business manager, and you're looking to get, you know, maybe some productive, more productivity, sorry, a little tongue tied today, more productivity out of some of your workers, and you're not sure how you're going to do it. So what you want to look at are first and foremost, this is the one that I suggest you need to decide how you're going to handle this is, is your journaling going to be private? Meaning, are you as the coach or the manager going to expect to read these journals? Or are you going to tell your players, hey, look, these journals are private unless you want to share with me. And personally, that's the way and the route that I go on this. I want my players to be comfortable. And I feel like the easiest way for them to be comfortable is if they know that I'm not going to read anything they don't want me to read. Now, 
I've gotten to the point where I no longer have to force them to journal in my program. But in the beginnings, I really did have to kind of stand and hawk over them and ask them to journal. But I never read anything they wrote unless there was a problem or they wanted to discuss it or we were looking for a solution to a problem. And then I'll say, hey, do you mind? Do we look over your journal? And, you know, make it clear. This comes down to the ethical side of coaching and something that we talked about in our earlier podcasts are you able to handle the criticism if they're writing freely in their journal and they're upset with you? Can you read that and continue on? Another component that you want to look at is, is it going to be a group issue or is it going to be individual? Meaning, do you want your whole team or your sales force to sit down as a group and journal? Or is it kind of going to be on their own time whenever they're ready to do it? And are you going to cater the journaling um, towards them? And that that catering part that I'm talking about goes to the next component, which is prompted. Are your journals going to be prompted? So does that mean that are you going to ask questions every day that you want answered in the journal? And sometimes when someone's just starting out journaling or teams starting out journaling, this is kind of where you got to start, especially at the younger ages. Just giving an athlete a book with blank pages or a sheet with a blank page and asking them to journal their thoughts could be a little tough. So maybe you want to go through and have a list of questions that you're going to ask. I, at the college level, let them pretty much free their unprompted. But every week, I do write a prompt on our whiteboard in case they're stuck. Sometimes they just get writer block and they don't know what to write about. So every week, I'll put up on the corner what their prompt question is for the whole week. And I'll have them write about that topic. For example... What was one of the distractions I had at practice today? So then they'll write that question all seven days. Or, you know, if I'm I'm really motivated, maybe I'll change it up every other day or every couple days. But I really want them to think about how they want to write and what they care about. Because, and again, we'll get into this when we're, you know, a little bit later in this podcast. But when, if you're reviewing their journal because they want you to look at something, it's really easy if they're writing free to start to pick up on some things that are happening. If they're prompted, sometimes athletes and students, uh, even workers, tend to, tend, yeah, there we go again, tongue-tied, tend to stay in their lane and they'll only answer that question and forget about the rest of the world that's going along with them. So you want to maybe keep your prompts small and only a small part of what the journal is for that day. Another component is, are you doing paper or electronic? For me and every program I work with, it's got to be paper. I just, I like the relaxation feeling of sitting and writing pen to paper or pencil to paper. Now, I will admit in my personal journal, I cheat because I use a Neo Smart Pen and a Moleskine uh book and it automatically backs up my writing to the cloud but it is still writing pen to paper so i mean maybe it's not really cheating but maybe it's it's skirting that fine line of not using technology but some people are just really comfortable with you know blogging it setting up a private blog and that's how they journal it can't be seen by anyone but it gives them the chance to go back and reflect on things or there's tons of plenty of apps out there where you could just use Microsoft Word and just save your journal as a tech as a word file every other day. Another component then is the length. What are you looking for as the coach 
or as the manager? Do I want to have my Salesforce journal for a whole quarter, a whole year? If I'm a coach, do I want them journaling from day one until our season's over? What about postseason, offseason? There's a million questions. So I really think that you need to have those things defined as what you expect as a coach or a manager. For me, it is from day one of preseason till our season's over. That's really what I'm looking at. I don't necessarily need – I encourage them to continue – but I'm really not as focused on it when we're out of season. That, again, is just my personal preference. Maybe that's when some of you need it so that you can say, okay, why are you coming back into season with these issues? Or is there anything I can help with? Let's look at your journal. You know, you had a really tough spring semester and I'm not around because I'm only coaching you during the fall. How can I help set you up for success? So maybe you're going to look at the journal and kind of go back that way. So those are really the main components that I look at when I'm journaling. And again, those are things that you need to figure out before you even begin to implement your program because those are the questions or those are the the problems that you're going to run into over time. Now you decided that you want to incorporate journaling into your program or your life. You know, maybe this is something that you just want to do for you as a coach. And this is really how it started for me. I just felt it was something that I needed to do. And then I realized that there were a lot of benefits that my players could use from journaling. And that's kind of how I pushed it out. And again, I said before, you know, I start from day one of preseason. So that's what I'm going to look at. I'm going to start with my preseason. And what do I really care about in my preseason that I want them to journal about? For me at the college level, it's really, hey, are you okay with this life? Like this is a big change. Most of you have lived at home with your parents and now you're kind of out on your own at college or you're commuting to college. You're returning to college after your summer off. I want to make sure that they're acclimating back to the college life. So the first part of our journaling for our preseason is really just making sure that they're getting back in the groove of being a college athlete or transitioning from being a high school into a college athlete. Once we're in season, I really then focus two different ways. I'm looking at our practices and I'm looking at our competitions. So our girls will pretty much in the morning journal, you know, get their day set, put down like what they're doing for the day, and then they'll journal about their day quickly. Had a rough history test or didn't eat very well, didn't sleep very well last night. And then they'll write down what their goal is for their practice. I want to improve my hitting efficiency by 5% today at practice. I Again, this goes into the goal setting and, and, and that podcast. So I want them to have these specific goals, but I want them to kind of write it down and, and put it in their journal. So then we'll go through the practice, and then after practice, they'll usually sit in the hallway or in the locker room and just kind of reflect on practice. Ah, this wasn't a good practice. Um, I'm mad at Carrie because she's talking to my boyfriend, and I just couldn't focus on volleyball, or coach was mean today, so I wasn't really in the right frame of mind for this type of practice, or hey, I had a great practice. And then the other aspect, obviously, is competitions. Uh, you know, a little bit about maybe the travel for my team. We travel on average about three and a half to four hours for matches because our conference is so big. 
So maybe sometimes that's an issue. Oh, I forgot to pack this or I just wasn't prepared to travel. I felt rushed. And then our warm up, we got we got there a little bit early, so we sat around in the gym. We had our warm up. I felt good in warm ups. I felt like the game plan was good. We had a great match. We pulled out the win. I personally felt like I did well and had a long bus ride home. And that's really kind of just what they're looking at. And then sometimes, you know, they'll say, hey, coach, I'm just not feeling it at practice. I feel like I'm not getting better. And I'll say, do you mind? Do we look at your journal? And we'll go through the journal and just see. You know, and sometimes we find things. Sometimes we find that kids are cramming for tests on certain nights. So then they practice poorly the next night. So then maybe we work on trying to spread out the studying. Hey, instead of cramming for this hour, why don't we break it over three nights and do 20 minutes, 20 minutes and a half hour the night before so you're not, you know, overcompensating and getting all stressed out about the test and having performance issues. One of my players, we had just never really felt good on Thursdays and she realized it was the food that she was eating on Wednesdays. And that's probably something that we never would have thought about if she wasn't journaling what she was eating. And when we went back to the journal, we realized like, hey, on Wednesdays, you're usually kind of like heavy on pasta or cream based stuff. Like maybe we need to stay away from that a little bit. And we changed it and it did help a little bit. And that's something that maybe we wouldn't have caught if she wasn't journaling and journaling with such detail um, of her daily life. And then when we're in out of season, it really is their journaling, their daily lives. And a lot of it then focuses on school. So again, it goes back to do I prompt them? And the sheets that we use, you can download. If you click on the download menu option, you can see the sheets that we use. And we make little booklets. I just print that sheet out and have it wire bound so then they have it for the whole season. But you can literally just get a blank notebook, a dollar, you know, at the dollar store, a composition notebook, and then just decide what prompts you're going to write each week and say, hey, this is what I want you to write back. Or maybe just give them a template, say, hey, I want the date and the time, and then the first half of the page I wanted about your daily life, the second half of the page I want about your practice or your performance in a match. And you just have them write that format. It's a really cheap, easy way to journal and not break the bank. I, you, you know, it's a dollar for the composition, you buy them a pen so they have no excuse, and, and there you go, for $2 a kid, you have a way to journal. You just have to take the time and make the prompts. Again, don't use a blank page, because a lot of them will just stare at it or write one or two sentences. Give them something a little bit to write about. And incorporate other aspects of your mental training in it. I put part of our goal sheet on our, our, tra- on our daily journals. That way they continue to keep adjusting their goals and Goals for the week, goals for the day, goals for the season. You know, make sure that they're all in line. It's an easy way for them to, to keep track of it. And we'll get into some of the products. There's some really great products if you want to spend some money. And I'll tell you the products I use then at the end that can also, you know, help you out with this whole process. And of course, with anything, there are some pitfalls to journaling. So what are some of the things that you're going to have to look at or be concerned about? And really, the two biggest ones are first, fear of public consumption. A lot of people that are going to write in a journal are afraid of, what if someone else reads this? 
what if I accidentally leave this on the bus or leave this in the locker room and another athlete finds it and starts to read through it? And that is a concern. And that leads to the second one, which is lying to yourself. Sometimes because of that fear of someone else reading it or what's expected, we end up lying to ourselves about how good things went and how we actually felt. So you need to really consider you know, what your parameters are. Maybe if you're really concerned about other people reading them, you tell the girls like no one else is going to read them and you collect them every day and hand them out every day at practice. I mean, that's a little bit labor intensive. I think you could get away with just having this serious discussion. And that leads to the third one, which is wasted time. A lot of players, parents especially, if you're not on the court doing what your you know, parents are paying these big bucks for, they get a little suspicious. Why am I wasting my time? My kid's not even out there practicing basketball. She's 30% free throw shooter, and here we are writing in a book. So it's perceived wasted time. So this is also one of those things that maybe you just want to sit down and talk with the parents. Hey, this is this is the route we're going. This is part of our program. This is what we do, and this is how it's going to help us. So you need to get buy-in from the players, from the workers, from the parents, if you're looking at the youth population. And honestly, currently, right now, while this is being recorded, the Winter Olympics are going on, and the the difference in metrics between the physical abilities of most of these athletes is so small that it's the it, it's the other intangibles that we're looking at. It's their mental preparation. It's all the little stuff they're doing off of the snow or off the rink, off the ice, that's helping them win these medals. So you have to get the buy-in from your athletes, and they'll get the buy-in if you buy in. So my suggestion is before you decide to do this with a program, you as a manager, you as a coach, you as an administrator need to take the time and journal for a significant amount of time. I would say three months, 13 weeks, I think would be the minimum for you to go and start this process, check it out, and you'll be able to answer questions, but you also understand the time commitment that you're going to ask your kids to do. It's real easy to sit here and say, I need you to write this, 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 this every day. And then you don't realize that that's taking up two hours of their time. So test the waters a little bit yourself. Again, I think this is probably one of the least used mental skills training applications around. And it ties into so many self-reflection, motivation, imagery. They're all, they're all tied into journaling because that's what we want to look at when we're journaling. So if you see me walking around and I have my backpack, I would be shocked if I didn't have at least one of my journals in my backpack with me because I'm just constantly writing or thinking about it, making notes about things. And I'm pretty open. Come, come ask me. Say, hey, man, can I see one of your journals? I want to check it out. And I'll gladly show you. And I'll tell you, I'm human. I miss days. If you look at my personal journal right now, I missed yesterday. I just got so busy with everything, had a couple sick kids, and I just totally didn't have the chance to sit down. So I skip that. I don't I don't use that page. I actually leave it blank and skip it so I know that I skipped that day. 
because that can throw the rest of my week off. Once you get into journaling and you're used to journaling, it's like your cup of coffee every morning. I know I sit down in my chair, I have my oolong tea, and I journal. That's always what I do, the first thing in the morning. And I try to do it before the kids get up and before the wife gets up, before the whole hectic day begins. And then the last thing I usually do is I close out my journal with a reflection of the day. What were my wins for the day? What did I learn today? I rate my day. And then, you know, I try to read a book and go to bed. But that's, that's, that's my life. And I feel like I've caught myself, especially as a coach. How many times have you had a bad practice? And like, oh, God, that practice was horrible. But then three months later or, heck, even a month later, you end up doing the same practice because you forgot about how horrible it was. In my books, I have every single practice plan. And I just continue on year after year. And then when that book fills up, I get a new one. I can tell you everything that I did. And I used to do the elaborate sheets. You know, I'd print out these awesome Excel spreadsheets and have every practice plan and this and that. And I just realized that I could just write it all in a book. So again, ask me, say, hey, can I see your coaching book? And I'll show you. I'll show you every practice we've done, how I felt after every game that we played. And it's not just X's and O's. It's like, man, we got to this we got to this gym really early and I think it affected my girls. I got to make sure that I get our timing down a little bit better. Or maybe I should have listened to my assistant and made that switch in the lineup that he or she kept suggesting. Note your gut feelings cuz sometimes your gut feelings are right and sometimes they're wrong. Maybe this is going to help you out down the road like I've been in this situation before, this is what I did. I'm it's telling me this is how I should do it. For me in my personal journal, it's to keep me on track. I realize that my body is never going to be the same as it was when I was in my 20s. I'm not going to be able to play at that same level. But I can certainly do things to make my life a little bit more enjoyable. And I'm not talking about like a crash diet and losing the 30, 40 pounds that I need to lose. I'm talking about just being able to get out of bed in the morning and not hold on to something because I'm going to fall over from my knees giving out. So I use my journal to hold me to that task. And sometimes it's, hey man, this workout was rough today. I don't ever want to do this workout again. Or maybe I just didn't have breakfast. I didn't feel good during my workout. I'm cranky. My kids say I'm hangry. Well, okay, I didn't eat right today. But it's a way of you to go back and look at it and reflect and make adjustments. Because we all want to. We want to adjust everything, whether it's coaching, business, our life, whatever we want to do. We want to make adjustments to get better, and we tell ourselves, but then we forget about them. So a journal is a really easy way for you to reflect. And in all my journals, at the end of the week, I just go back through my week. I just skim through it. There's a recap in my personal journal. And when we go over resources, we'll talk about that a little bit. But in my personal journal, there's a week recap. There's a month recap. So I read through my week. Then I go through the recaps and think about, okay, this is how it went. But imagine if you could do that for your athletes. Now, why is Jim having a bad, you know, why, why is Jim having a bad week at practice? Well, it turns out that Jim has this major project due, but you didn't know that. 
All you see is Jim's having a poor, poor performance, and now your best player is getting benched. And then your parents are wondering why the best player is getting benched. And it just can snowball. Maybe that journaling will not only help Jim see, like, oh, I'm stressed out, but look at all this free time. Maybe I can move some project working to here and give myself more time and prep because I know that I need 30 minutes before the actual warm-up period begins. And now that I know that, I can adjust my day and figure out how I'm going to adjust my day to have that happen. So for me, that's why journaling is such a big deal. All right, our Ask 717 Soul this week comes from Bill out of Tacoma, Washington. And it says, I want to have my youth baseball team journal, but how can I make sure it's serious without actually invading their privacy and reading it? And again, this goes back to the trust issue, Bill. Show them. Show them that you're going to be journaling with them. Give them some prompts in the beginning. Make it a team building activity. Maybe those are the prompts. Maybe you get the whole team in the beginning and say, okay, I'm with you guys for 13 weeks. I want to do two prompts a week in your journals. So we need 26 prompts. And have them do it as a, as a skill. Give them a piece of paper and say, come back to me when you're done with the 26 prompts that you guys are going to use. And then you randomly pull out those prompts throughout the season. And that's what you have them journal about. Remind them that you're not going to look at it. But don't be afraid to use the journal. A player comes up to you and says, hey, I'm not sure why I'm not getting this playing time. Okay. What's your journal say? And inevitably, the first time, they'll be like, I don't know. Well, how do you feel that you're practicing? What have you set your goals at for practice? Have you met those goals? What are some of the challenges or the roadblocks that you're having with those goals? Goals are great. But if you don't write them down and then, and this is the key, and then reflect on those, what good are your goals? That's great. You know that you're not making your goals, but wouldn't you rather want to know why you're not making those goals? So again, this is the way that maybe you go back and you look and you figure out those goals. So to recap, we talked about journaling. You know, what what are you going to write? What are you going to have your team write? What are you going to have your salespeople write? Why? Why, why, why? Why do you want them to journal? Because you're going to have to explain that to them. Why am I taking the time out of my day to journal? And when are you going to have them? Are you willing to cut five minutes out of your practice? Or do you have the time to say, hey, when we're done, you need to journal? If your practice is normally 6 to 8, make it 6 to 8.05 and make those five minutes serious, cool down, and journal writing. One of the biggest things that I always hear from high school coaches are that we just don't have the time. We can't do mental training because we don't have the time. I only have them for two hours. Well, why do you only have them for two hours? You may only have the gym for two hours, but why can't you go in the hallway and do journaling for five minutes? 10 minutes, do mental skills training. Be a little bit creative. 
It's really easy to say you don't have the time. But for me, 10 minutes total, five minutes at the beginning and five minutes at the end of a two-hour practice, even a 90-minute practice, is worth journaling. I personally think the dividends that you get from mental skills training and especially journaling is worth giving up on the court time to work on. You just need to convince the team and the parents and the other coaches that are watching you that it's worth that. But when the results start coming in, you won't have to have that discussion anymore. Everyone just knows that that's the way it's going to be. We talked about whether it's going to be paper, electronic. Again, I get it. A lot of schools, places don't have big budgets. Go to the dollar store, the Dollar Tree, Family Dollar, whatever your discount bargain place is. Buy a composition book for dollar for each kid. Buy a pen because inevitably someone's going to forget pens. So you're looking at like a dollar twenty-five per kid. Give them the composition book. Have them sit down and get their prompts. And then every day, hey, don't forget. Let's cool down. Great practice today. Don't forget the journal. And your prompt is, what were some of the hurdles I had in practice today? And that's their prompt. Even if you never talk to a kid about the journal, it's going to come back to benefit you because they're reflecting. How many kids do you think leave your gym and think about their practice other than it was good, it was bad? It was bad. Well, why? Force them to reflect on what's going on so they can get better and understand and make the changes they need need to. It's only going to benefit you. How long are you going to do it? Are you going to do it for a season? Are you going to have it as a year long? I think starting out for a season is the way to go. If you're Never done journaling before. This is the first time you're even thinking about it, listening to this podcast. My suggestion would be day one. And honestly, if I was doing it in a high school situation, day one for me would be day one at tryouts. Give everyone at tryouts a book or tell them they need to bring a book and have them journal from day one because you can learn a lot from tryouts. They can learn a lot from themselves from tryouts. And just start. Set the tone. This is what we're going to do every day. We're going to journal. Some of the pitfalls we talked about. Fear of public consumption. How are you going to keep it private? Do you want to keep it private? How do you keep them from lying to themselves? They're going to write in their journals something to make them feel better, but maybe that's not the truth. So we need to stress that your journals need to be truth-based. No, regardless of how it hurts. If you're the only one that's going to read it, it shouldn't matter. Because you know deep down how you feel about something. Just put it on the paper so you can revisit it. Combat that it's wasted time. Show the value in this. Show the growth. When kids start leaving your gym every day, or salespeople or marketing people leave the office every day and they start to realize what they did well, what they need to improve on, 
They become autonomous with it. You don't have to keep feeding them. Come on, we got to get better today, or I need you to reach your goals. They start to realize what they're doing wrong or what they're doing good and how they can adjust it. You got to sit back a little bit and watch that growth happen, which is amazing. Think about how you feel at the end of a four-year cycle. You know that freshman every year at senior week, at senior night. That freshman, oh, he was so awkward. She was so awkward. And then she grew into the best player in the county or in the state. And how good that reflection feels at the end of those four years. Why can't we have those good reflections year long every year? Sure, they're not going to be as good as going from the awkward kid your freshman year to the all-state player your senior year. But you're going to have those little victories. As a coach, sometimes we just get burned out. You have bad practices in a row, and it feels like every practice is bad, and it's a way to go back. Is this the practice I just kind of need to shake things up? Maybe we're playing dodgeball today instead of volleyball because we're just all burned out on volleyball. It happens. But without keeping a record of that, how do you know when it happens? You're just guessing and hoping that you feel that, that now's the time. And I promised you some resources. So, like I mentioned before, Dr. Richard's Kent, uh, Dr. Richard Kent's book, Writing on the Bus, is a great place to start. And his website, writingathletes.com, has some great examples, both as a coach, as an individual, as a team, links to the book, links to other books. He wrote some sports-specific journaling books for basketball, soccer, volleyball that you can uh, buy. The personal journal I use is Best Self Journal, and you can find that online at bestself.co, not .com, .co. It's a 13-week journal, and it's great. You set your goals in the beginning, and then you just track it. I use Panda Planner. You can find that at pandaplanner.com for my business tracking. It just it, it lays out a little bit different so that I can do projects Um. It's just a little bit more, for me, it's a little bit easier to, to work for in, a, in the business world than the best self. Uh, and that's usually, you can get them in either six-month or full-year planners. If you go to the 717soul.com site or the MentalCast site, you can click the download link and you can find a sample of the journals that I use. And feel free, I just ask, you know, Leave the logo on it. Throw me a bone here and there. Um, but you can modify it. Some some coaches have modified it. And some some of the things that I've changed has been from feedback from other coaches. Like, hey, I like this component, but I kind of changed this. And I liked it. So, you know, I made those changes. Uh, Daniel Pink, a great author, has a new planner. The When Planner goes kind of coincides with his new book called When which is a topic that we'll be discussing later on another podcast, but that's worth the look if you go on to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and check out Daniel Pink, When Planner. (laughs) Not sure. I'm not even going to edit that out. I'm not sure if you could hear that or not, but I said the A word for shopping online, and my Echo device turned on and started listening to the podcast and trying to ask me questions. So I'm not sure if you could hear that in the background, but note to self... Don't have the Amazon stuff around. 
when you're doing a podcast and you're going to mention the company's name. So that is, oh, there she goes again. So that is the end of our podcast today. Just a reminder, our next podcast is going to be about mental training and its role in returning from injuries. How do we mental train athletes to get back on the pitch or the field or the court or the rink or the slopes after an injury? Feel free to send your questions to info at 717soul.com or hashtag Ask717Soul across any of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, which is at 717Soul, I believe for all of them. And I look forward to bringing you more episodes and some more blog posts. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, hit me up, info at 717soul.com. And I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. You have just finished listening to The Mental Cast with your host, Dan Mickle, powered by Soul Performance Academy. Visit us online at 717soul.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 717soul. Send us your questions for future episodes with the hashtag Ask717soul. Thank you and catch you on the flip side.